This is going to be the whole podcast from now on. So for those of you out there listening to this cold open, we just got new mic stands because Frankie apparently is rich. And we're just (laughs) figuring out how all this shit works. Amazon has a great credit card program. (laughs) (laughs) Crippling credit card debt is my favorite. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of No Films Given. No Films Given. No Films Given. No Films Given. <laughs> if we sound a little bit different today, it's because we've got a different mic set up. All three of us have our own microphones this time. We have our own chairs, our own desk. It's pretty fantastic. Actually. I'm still on the futon. <laughs> I'm still on the torn up game. We always chair. put we always put <laughs> we always put Kyle on the casting couch. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it makes him feel like home. It's like college all over again. <laughs> it is a black leather casting couch. <laughs> Very sticky. Oh, oh. I, I don't know why it's sticky. Oh but. yes, you do. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, and we also have some new sound effects. <laughs> ah, yeah, oh I love it. All right, so uh, for today's episode, it was uh, it's my turn to pick the topic, and I think I did a better. I did. I chose a better topic this time that wasn't so dark and so dreary, and we can actually get through it this time. Pretty, yeah, it's pretty good. Um, I I thoroughly enjoy it. I had a good time watching and or researching these because I learned a bunch of shit that I didn't think I normally would. I did not do any research. <laughs> I've watched the movies, and that's from now on the extent of my research. So, I just uh, hope you guys know something about the movies. <laughs> uh, we tend to. Like, we tend to fill the gaps that Kyle usually leaves yeah, for us. And, uh, if there are gaps, I'll just cut it out, so that makes it sound like we're really smart. But uh, So today, what we're going to be talking about is we're going to be talking about movie sequels. Pretty much every movie's got one. Whether it's good or not, who because knows? Hollywood has run out of ideas at this point. <laughs> and uh, sometimes sequels sell. They make the money, you know? All right, so for today, we're going to be looking at it at three rounds. Round one is going to be a great sequel. Maybe in your guys' mind, the best sequel. I don't know if that's my case. So round two is going to be a movie that is a sequel. You love it, but you know it's not as good as the first one. And the third and final category, we're going to take a look at movies we wish had a sequel that never manifested. Okay. okay. I chose a different path with that and we'll discuss it later. But I do want to say that our rules that we were given for the audience, because we give each other rules because we're sadists was that the C it does not have to be the direct second movie in the line of the sequels. It just has to be a sequel, which to me was actually harder to do because there was a lot I mean there's a lot of sequels and there's a lot of bad ones that you can still enjoy and there's just yeah like any good movie that makes money even if it's a bad movie that makes money somehow still gets a sequel I mean Joyride for fuck's sake had two <laughs> Kyle dude some of the straight so I don't like another franchise oh, wait, we did that. I, I didn't talk about I'm not going to talk about it today but another one that really has those directed to DVD sequels, if you will, that I love the Tremors franchise. Oh, <laughs> oh yeah, I, I eat those up like candy. Tremors, Wrong Turn, like I love a cheesy slasher. Oh wait, sequel. is that your pick, Tremors? No, no, no. And uh, we're just talking while you're playing on your and, phone. Uh, Deep Deep Blue Sea got I'm doing research. The game now. Deep Blue Sea got two sequels. No, <laughs> I haven't seen them yet, but they're definitely the the Tremors esque. I mean, for, value. Sharknado has like five fucking sequels. Oh yeah. 
Yeah. Okay, let's get this going because I'm I've got some hot takes. Ooh. All right. So, like I said, I'm gonna say this is a great sequel. Maybe it's not the best sequel because you've got the legendary ones out there, like Terminator 2: Judgment Day, Godfather Part 2, the ones that all the film critics go to. For my choice, I went with Ghostbusters Afterlife, uh, which only came out last year. And have you guys seen it? You all? took Ghostbusters Afterlife? Okay, I, I saw it. That yeah. was your movie? No. Oh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, it was all right. It was, okay, I'm sorry. I like I had a brain aneurysm or something, right, as you said it. I was like, wait, God, blah, blah, blah. Ghostbusters, yeah. <laughs> Did you see it? No, so do this as spoiler-free as you can. Okay. Oh, f*** you. I- <laughs> I highly, the I highly recommend this one. All right. So just to give you a short plot rundown. That's one with what? Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> which we'll get to that, too. <laughs> oh, spoiler. Okay, keep going. Uh, so, all right. So this one, it's a single mom. She moves to the country uh, with, her, with her two kids because they inherited this farmhouse on this large property. And after moving in, they discover that they had these connections to the original Ghostbusters from the 80s. And uh, there's this secret legacy that their grandfather, who is, it's not really a spoiler, Egon Spangler, the guy with glasses. Yeah, you get that from yeah, the Yeah, you get that from the trailer. Our trailer. It's a connection with him and something that he was going on and that he was trying to figure out on his own because he separated himself from the Ghostbusters. So. That's kind of spoilery, but I'll, I'll leave it at that. Okay, I'm gonna do. I'm gonna cut you off for thirty seconds. Okay. Okay. So typical. Wh- what was pa- what bothered me about this casting was they they made it painfully obvious that the girl was his granddaughter, but the mom was like hot and in no way, shape, or form looked like Egon at all. But the girl somehow looked exactly like him. Yeah. And but what she did was she looked like Spangler had a like tryst with uh. With the assistant that I cannot pep yes, with, with what the, was her name? Um, I know the the phone operator. Ghostbusters, yeah. what do you want? Like that was exactly <laughs> this little girl looked and had the attitude of her, and I can't. I wish I remembered her name because she's yeah. like my. She was she character. was actually in the movie too. She had like a little small bit role. Yeah. Um, but no, 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 talk about the girl, like the casting for her. I don't know. I just watching it, I liked. I could definitely hear. The lawnmower, leaf blower, anything through my headphones. Yeah, I know, because the lawnmower is going to go on. We're just sorry, folks out there. We record in a room strewn with nerd (laughs) shit all over it. And plot twist, there's a lawnmower outside. I just didn't uh, know if you guys could hear it. He's like blowing leaves or something. He's doing his job. Let the man do his job. What's wrong with you? It doesn't matter. Whatever. (laughs) Our first... I like okay. Where where were we? I was just I was just putting it out there because it's our first time using this equipment. I don't care because our first two episodes sound like we uh, recorded we're, on a we're, speaking spit. Say we're, we're in a cave. <laughs> how did we? How did we record the first one? Was uh, with we our, had twice. We had one microphone sitting in the middle of the room, and we all sat in the, the corners, corners and just yelled and, at and, and screamed in the direction it, of the sound. No, it wasn't even that one. We got that one after. No, our first episode we tried pairing. Three different, different oh, the together, phones. and we, we were, were listening. We were clapping. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> you, what have we been doing this for? Almost a year. Uh, yeah, we started last summer. I think right, Jan, June, June ish. Neat. 
Sure. We went on All right, Ghostbusters. Oh, okay. Yeah, sorry. So, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife 2021. Uh, this. So, speaking of the men, that was Carrie Coon. The movie stars Carrie Coon, Paul Rudd, Finn Wolfhard of Stranger Things. Can we please just throw Finn Wolfhard in the bin? I do not like him, and I don't know why he keeps getting acting credit. I don't. I'm Stranger sorry. Things. Stranger Things. Which. Oh, that's another a topic for another day. And then uh, McKenna Grace, which she was the one that played the daughter, the girl that we were just talking about. Which McKenna Grace does not look like that in real life. So I was like, okay, they no, like they obviously yeah. they, they the intention was to make her look like Spangler. So why not do the same thing to the mom? And yeah, well, I don't know. They, maybe they needed a love interest for Paul Rudd, who was and Paul Rudd hilarious. doesn't like brunettes apparently. So handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I have to say I felt like Paul Rudd was out of place in this movie. He was definitely like the weird. What was he? What, what he was? Some he was sort a of science teacher. teacher. He was or a geologist. And yeah, he was, he was like the, I'm also a substitute or substitute a real science teacher. He just it seemed out of place for him to be in the movie, and I know why because Paul Rudd is like the everyman, the funny guy, and blah. But. And yeah, like, I oh, like- he's the people's sexiest man alive, so let's let the mom get a little. It was very, it was... Paul Paul Rudd's definitely, uh, you know, hot. Like, hot in Hollywood, but also, you know, he's a good-looking guy. Paul Rudd's but hot. But he's hot. Uh, oh, but, it, yeah, he played the teacher, which, he was kind of like how they connected the dots. They're like, oh, this is the Ghostbusters equipment. How'd you find this? Yada, yada, yada. But I did like the fact that when he was, he didn't ever, he never taught the class. He was strictly there to find out why there's earthquakes going on and in play this town movies and play movies and so he played for the high schools or high schoolers he played like cujo and some other just like straight up horror movies and whatnot so i thought that was kind of funny but uh no there's a there's a lot that i liked about this movie one i thought it was one of it's an example of bringing a franchise back or doing a sequel to a franchise that's really really popular but also paying respect to it and i think it's kind of a night and day to the ghostbusters from what was it 2016 with Kristen Wiig and Melissa McCarthy where it was successful sequels and in this one this was more of like a nostalgia movie because Bill Murray for years would like receive scripts for Ghostbusters sequels and shred them and send them back to them and that's a tidbit (laughs) if you didn't know it's interesting (laughs) he literally would just like get the script and shred it and send it back and be like this is this is garbage this is garbage mama and they were like this one he finally signed on to because obviously the guy that played Egon died in real life. Yeah. Spank- or, yeah. Um, and so they wanted to pay respect. So this movie was more not like a sequel to continue and build upon the old source material, but more of like, let's have a respectful nod to what was, which I yeah. thought was nice. Which was nice because uh, it avoided those tropes because uh, a lot of the big franchises do that now when they, they start over and they bring in the new cast. A lot of times, like I think Star Wars was really guilty of this, is they killed off the original characters or they killed off the old characters to make way for the new ones. And obviously, Harold Ramis had already passed. So obviously, like his character had to be deceased in the movie, but they did it in a respectful way. Yeah. And I I think what really helped with that was that this movie was directed by the son who directed the first two Ghostbusters. So it was really kind of like a family legacy movie as opposed to just kind of being coming across as cash grabby as like the the 2016 ghostbusters which kind of did i can't remember what it was but there was a spoof show oh it was it's always sunny where they like talked about 
let's just do a sequel, but make the cast female. And they were like, oh, like yeah, they're, yeah. they're on the plane. <laughs> and D is full on like, we're just going to do this. And we're, it's, this is the female reboot. And Artemis, the character is like, no, you, you can't do that. That, ju- that doesn't make sense. That needs to have its own full fledged story. The fe- being them being female does not need to be the linchpin that holds it together. And he's <laughs> like, no, we're going to do this this way. And that's kind of what, I like why people shit on the 2016 one. It's it, I didn't think it was horribly bad, no. but it wasn't. It didn't add anything to it, which is part of what makes a sequel a sequel. Is that it's supposed to add on to it or build upon the the quote legacy and yeah. build upon anything. And this new one actually it continued the storyline. It made it interesting with these new characters while pay, still paying respect to what the old movie was. I didn't think it was as funny. I didn't think it was as specifically memorable. I don't know. Like It had the, a lot of heart. I, the, I thought it had like a lot of heart and a lot of just, like you said, a lot of nods, nostalgia nods. And maybe I'm a sucker for that. But I thought it was done in a way that didn't feel, it felt genuine. Two memorable moments. The Stay Puff mini marshmallow <laughs> rampage through the grocery store was epically funny. The... Was Olivia Wilde the the lady who played Gozer the Gozerian? Because oh. like I was looking at it and I was like, that has to be Olivia Wilde. I don't because of how it was done. Can you? Oh, I don't I'm, know, Kyle. Do you know the answer? That Kyle's usually are like. Uh, I'm gonna look up the cast. <laughs> the, guy, the, the cast. The old looker upper. Annie Potts. Is oh, it's the, definitely. I'm, I I just looked up Gozer. It was Olivia Wilde. Definitely Olivia. Nice. Olivia. It was. Have clocked that shit a mile away. <laughs> I'm guessing she's the bad guy. Gozer the Gozerian? Yeah, Are you a god? It's like the bad guy from the first Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, yeah I see. Yeah, well, it has a lot of ties to the first Ghostbusters movie. Um, Again, not a spoiler. The bad man that was like in the coffin. Oh, yeah, that was... Pointless. Yeah, he was quickly killed off. It, huh? they, they mentioned... This is so and so, and this is how we're gonna tie this to the first movie. Then he pops up, oh, I'm here, and then he was dead. And you're like, great. <laughs> what was the purpose of that? They could have, they could have not it, paid that that actor any money, and it would have been fine. Yeah, I guess they show it just showed that even though because this person from the that that guy was the architect of the building from the first Ghostbusters that was supposed to be kind of like the radio antenna to radio in the dead, and the city is where he was mining the steel exactly. because it was also the site of the Sumerian temple. <laughs> like I'm sorry, so that's why he was there. But I guess it goes to show that even though he was worshiping these ghosts and Sumerian things, they didn't care about the worship. They still they just cared about taking over the world. What's so? What are your final thoughts on this movie? You know, looking at the Rotten Tomatoes score, so the 2016 one, the critics gave it a 74%, and they only gave this one a 63%, while it's still fresh. I just, I think that this movie is definitely better than that. and but And I think it's reflected in the audience score, which is at 94% for this movie. And I think that kind of goes with more of that, uh, what I agree on. But just, I guess, to recap for myself, nostalgic nods respectful original material and it also kind of built upon that with new interesting characters especially uh the granddaughter yeah um if i was gonna give it out of 10 i'd probably give it a six or a or a strong six or a weak seven because i like it did have it did have its nostalgic moments like i literally was like annie like like doing like the random character that would show up i was like oh yeah 
But like, I'm happy that they didn't just do some cheap little gimmick like Dan Aykroyd running into Casper. Who are you yeah. gonna call? Not me. Yeah. <laughs> like, but- <laughs> exactly. Um, I love it, Casper. It was, I like Casper. That the part in that movie was pointless. Like, I'm glad that yeah, they didn't it was give pointless, him. A- but it was so funny. I'm glad that they so didn't give him a call pointless. They didn't do pointless callbacks. Like they, everything had an intention in the movie. All of the cameos had a legitimate reason for being. All right. So <laughs> since I haven't seen it, I do have one question. Okay. Does it set up for a franchise or a chil- trilogy past this one? God, I f-ing hope not. No, I actually don't think I it think does. They just kind of left it as it is. I mean, if it if it does well, they're okay with it. But it wasn't. Like, they weren't trying to do the classic, we're going to make a new franchise. Okay. I could see them, like, honestly, I could see Disney or someone doing, like, a Disney Plus show with the kids in it trying to do, like, ghost busting. Because there was, a like, a big chase scene that was actually really well produced where they were oh. trying to chase, like, base. it wasn't Slimer, it was, like, Chomper or whatever his name was. And they were, like, the kids were driving the car and there was this big action thing. And I was like, that was cool. And I could see Disney, like, trying to do a TV show to just kind of, like, cash that check. But I'm glad you, I'm I glad you brought that up. I think that's one of my most memorable moments is just them kind of shooting the gun out of the car like a turret. Destroying the city. And it was like, <laughs> was and then so they get cool. a, a plot twist. Like, what would actually happen in real life? They f***ing get arrested, and you're like, yeah, they destroyed the city, and that's what (laughs) happens when you commit crimes. They got arrested. So, good. Yeah, kudos to them on that. All right, well, I guess it's my turn now. It is. It is your turn, since you barely spoke the last time. I know. I didn't know anything about the movie. Sorry. I know that there was marshmallows in it, because I've seen Funko Pops of the marshmallows. The (laughs) marshmallows. <laughs> the marshmallows were like the best part of that movie, but we're not talking about that movie anymore. We're talking about your. We're movie. talking about my movie. Yes, I really. If you fucking take mine, I'm gonna be. I don't. Person. I don't think I took yours. I think we'll have no overlap on these nine movies. Um, mine is a movie everybody has seen. Most people like it. Some people don't. If they're fucking idiots, I'm is the two thousand eight. Christopher Nolan superhero epic, The Dark Knight. Yeah. Okay. It's hard to oh. argue with that. <laughs> yeah. Frankie Did just had forget? an aneurysm <laughs> right there. <laughs> I, I I jumped topic. I was like, but it already has a sequel. <laughs> I'm on topic three. We haven't even got there yet. No, absolutely. Absolutely. It, it is yeah. such an iconic, especially for the superhero genre, such an iconic movie. One of the first times you see Batman, especially coming after... Batman Forever and what's the other one? Uh, Batman and Robin, how they're really cartoonish <laughs> and silly. And then Batman Begins was the first kind of like gritty, dark one. But I have to say, even though it's a good movie, it's kind of dull until yeah. like the last like maybe 30 minutes. See, I love the whole buildup of him going and getting the Chinese guy from China, the tech that he's using, where this is the first time you see him using really tech. And I actually saw um a meme or an article the other day that said Christopher Nolan's Batman is not a good trilogy because it's just a weaponized militarized Batman in Gotham City. That's, yeah, that's sort of he, that's what he is though. But he's not cuz he's if he we talk about later detective. if we talk about the Batman it's much different. He's not that militarized. He's not as you're right. Christopher uh yeah. Christopher Nolan or well, he's younger in that too. 
Well, no, like even in like in Batman canon, he has gadgets yeah. and the vehicles and everything. Sure. But he's a detective. It's more sleuthy. And he uses those as like he uses his fists more than he uses he weapons versus like in Batman Begins and those ones. He is a lot more heavily armored in everything. In, he the, does. in this yeah. trilogy. Absolutely. You could see it just from the, the Tumblr, the Batmobile. It's it's a it's a tank. It's not a sleek car where he gets no, around yeah. with a jet engine. But on it's it it, it <laughs> sort of it sort of changed superhero movies a bit where they are more grounded in reality. And that's what I've always wanted from a Batman movie. The Batman, the new one is even more so, which we're not going to get into spoilers or anything. Well, and it also but took it, I, it took them into like more, I feel like, respect movies yes like i mean i i don't remember exactly the years or time like soup spider-man 2 with alfred molina was like the first kind of like oh epic movie that was like well recognized by film industry as being like this it was a true movie it wasn't just like uh oh this is a cash grab for cartoons and children it was that and then this one certainly got a Academy recognition. Yeah, this one was else. for this one was for older people, and I'm not saying old people, but this was for you know late high school to a gr- grown no, adults. Absolutely, I think the impact it had because I remember specifically I went with some friends and we saw Iron Man previously that year, and then I was going to take him to see the 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 Dark Knight because they came out the same year, but he was so into Marvel that he thought this movie was going to be awful. And he was complaining the whole time, but. For somebody who's like a diehard, diehard DC hater, after that movie, he was in love with it. He was in love with Batman. He was in love with DC. And I was like, you can like both. You don't have to pick one side oh. or the other. You can, you can enjoy. Oh, Watch you can, what you're saying there. <laughs> you um, can have your cake and eat it too. What I liked about, specifically what made this movie work to me, was that it was smartly written. Yes. Like, yeah. it is, like, the first scene when everything's going on, and then he kills, basically, he, every person, like, kills everyone, and then the Joker kills the last dude. No, and it's I'm like, supposed to kill the bus driver. Yeah, and <laughs> oh, then it was, great it scene. Was, it was and- smart, because it's like, oh, it lets you immediately know this dude does not give a shit about anything. He's there to cause hands, mayhem. Hands down, I think that's probably one of the best movie opening sequences. Yeah. Yeah, yeah like it I really love that. grabs you from the beginning. As soon as that window explodes with that little helicopter shot going in, you're in. It's yeah. intense. It was well written. It was like it, it like it grabbed you from the beginning. It let you know the stakes basically immediately. You but, had yeah. You had Michael Caine and Morgan Freeman kind of grounding it, you know, making you believe it even more because you've got these big actors in this Batman movie. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, now, yeah, they were in Batman Begins, but that's uh some of my favorite parts. I love Morgan Freeman as. Lucius Fox. He's been a favorite character of mine in the comic books. I've read a lot of Batman yeah. comics. I think Michael Caine is arguably the best Alfred. Um, I have a soft spot for the original one. Yeah. Well, by the yeah. original, I mean the... The, the Tim Burton the ones. Tim Burton ones. He was a great Alfred, too. Schumacher. He was a little... He brought the heart to the role. He was a little slow and just butlery where... And he was kind. computer. He was very he was computer. Yeah. He was very kind of kind, like... Whereas in the cartoon or anything, Alfred is kind of more stoic and like, I'm a butler, but I'm also smart and like and, stern. And sometimes Alfred in the comics, especially newer ones, 
Alfred kicks ass sometimes, and yeah. you're you start to get that side of him. Obviously, Michael Caine's not out there throwing backhand spring kicks to the face or anything like that. But he talks about his backstory. Yeah, you get a little more of him being a badass, and then you lead to what was the next Batman movie? The Dark, Dark Knight Rises. Rises. The Dark Knight. No, not that. The whole new franchise with. Uh, Ben Affleck and all oh, those. Oh, Batman versus oh, Superman. Oh, God. Who what's is his that? name? Um, um, Jeremy Irons. Jeremy, Jeremy Irons. Irons. I was going to say, I think he is the epitome of a tough Alfred. Yeah. You know? And well. then you have uh, Andy Serkis in the newest one, which we can talk about that some other time. Um, I will say in this trilogy, it is the worst uh, representation of Gotham. It's just oh. a city. It's just a city. It's any city in America, any major city in America. It actually reminded me more of Metropolis, not Metropolis. Yeah, Metropolis. That's where Superman is, right? Yeah, yeah. It was more of Metropolis than it wasn't dark. It wasn't great. Besides, when it was just dark outside, but it just looked like a city where Tim Burton's was gothic and. Batman vs. Yeah. Superman, whatever it was. Well, that guess, was cool because Metropolis was next to Gotham, which happens. And then the newest one is super dark and gothic. Yeah, and I guess this Nolan's one was just, really, just a city. Yeah, it, was it really went to, for like grounded in reality. Yeah, it know? was meant to look more like New York. Yeah, it, it, was. it was. I think it was it felt mostly like Chicago. Shot, I think know? it was Pittsburgh. I think yeah. a, a lot of it was shot in Pittsburgh, Chicago. And you could kind of you city. could kind of feel that the, yeah. the realism of being in a real American city. But that goes back to why I liked it so much because it was grounded reality. It wasn't a city with these huge cathedrals and everything. Yeah, it was and just a city, but maybe, it was the worst. Gotham. Maybe that's why Batman needed to be a little bit more militarized. Because in reality, if you're going to be this guy who goes out on your own fighting these, you know, gangs of criminals by yourself, you're going to need the weaponry. But at your side. But that goes against the comics because, like, he didn't either. He Something. outwitted them with his yeah. like intellect or and then, whatever. Yeah, it's just he hard to see. Not. Like, he you, like you wouldn't see Christian handicapped. Bale's Batman do some of the things that Ben Affleck's Batman did. Like, I don't think Christian Bale's Batman could take on Superman. Uh, no, I could agree with that. Like, uh, mm. just just not really like the 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 ability of the character, more of just the tone of the movie. Like, yeah. you can't see those movies going in that direction just because they are so grounded in realism i i can get that and i mean i know we haven't we haven't talked about it and i don't think we needed to belabor the point but like heath ledger anchored the shit out of this movie that was gonna be my last like real point is just how good heath ledger was as a joker arguably the best villain in all superhero movies maybe one of the best villain in all movies i'm okay so i'm gonna get this out of the way Maggie Gyllenhaal is very off-putting. That's the only part of the movie. Like I, I, I get it that they couldn't get Katie Holmes back, but Danny like Tom Cruise. But very like her, her whole Rachel character was kind of just not there for me. I didn't really care about her when everything went down with her. And Aaron Eckhart's Two Face, I get it because they like he was going up against Heath Ledger as a villain, and his part as Two-Face was very limited Small. and they like oh no it like the linchpin that's holding this city together is him not losing his like legal credo and credit and that's what kind of made the Gotham's city fall apart night. and it was like not yeah. necessary like I, not I really liked, necessary uh, I like what they did like cuz Two-Face in the comics you know is like it's it's acid right normally it's the yeah, acid yeah a person that threw acid in his it. face when he was in court but so in this one 
again, grounded in realism, they just made him a severely burned person on one side of his body. And I think it how they did it and set it up really worked. So it was kind of fun to see this outlandish to character go, be brought to life and like the, that. the graphics of it were good to go against yeah. you and you're saying it was it was just there it was fine and everything Rewatching this just three days ago i loved the life and death of harvey dent in this movie i really did i loved how good he was for the city how batman christopher nolan not christopher nolan um ben, christian, bale? Bale. christian bale jesus christ how his character just, he didn't want to be Batman anymore. He wanted to find a way out, and Harvey Dent was that for him. But then Harvey Dent, once he loses what he loves the most, was Maggie Gyllenhaal, gross. He just flips and just goes on this wild ride. And I love the whole, when he's a good guy, I make my own fate with his coin. It's a double-headed coin, but then that coin gets fucked. And he's like, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to kill some motherfuckers. Two, two things on the Gyllenhaal's. First, it was kind of an example of a recasting where I guess it goes back to your point. She kind of blended in so well because she was plain. Yeah. Like it wasn't a bizarre recasting where it just stuck out to you. Yeah. If they had cast like Meg Ryan or Nicole Kidman, everyone would have been like, what? Yeah. And then point two I wanted to make is I saw a meme the other day and it said, find somebody who holds you like Heath Ledger holds the Gyllenhaals. And it shows. Oh. It shows shows Brokeback Mountain and a scene from The Dark Knight. (laughs) Um, The. I like the tidbits that people like, you know, because they always like factoids and does anybody know? And like the one for The Dark Knight that I read recently was that um, when Heath Ledger was like, blowing up the hospital and he steps outside and the like clicker isn't working so yeah. he just like ad-libs like click 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 like doing like, that and the then f- everything going goes on off because it, it was late up. that was cool um and then the uh the scene where they finally catch joker when they uh he wraps the wire around the semi that was a practical stunt with the whole yeah, semi flips that's, over that's really the good thing that's about these awesome. movies or that movie was all the practical effects yeah yeah uh, the, i thought the whole twist with gordon was really good how Joker kills him or he gets shot and then he comes back and he's the SWAT officer. It's so obvious watching it now, but the first time you see like, oh shit, it's Gordon, let's go! (laughs) The, um, what I, you know, they had said that originally, um, the Joker was going to have a part in uh, The Dark Knight Rises originally before he passed, obviously he died. Um, He did? I know, so tragic. But they were, uh, Sorry, RIP. they were talking about like, oh, he was supposed to have a part. That's why they never show him like in Arkham or anything. Like the last shot you see is him like hanging upside down. So that could have been a cool premise or he could have maybe changed how the, that third movie. Cause I don't think a third movie was as successful. No. And, well, the thing that I, it wasn't, I still love it though. I love Tom Hardy's Bane. Done. I don't give a, the, <laughs> the one part that I, like, the one thing about this movie that I hate more than anything else on this planet is all the fucking bros quoting, why so serious? Or all of the, pe- all the Halloween <laughs> costumes and all of the, I mean, still to this day, you see people wearing that shirt and just like, anarchy. And you're like, oh, God, just please, it's a movie. Just shut up. <laughs> there was a guy that lived in the apartment complex where I did in Maryland and he had a Dodge Charger that had a full Joker wrap around the entire Dude. car. Was it like the purple? The windows were tinted. No, it was like pictures of the Joker. Oh. Like uh, so, uh, just all, all of the Heath Ledger or all of them? All different ones. Oh, that's, uh, okay. that's, that's pretty, that's and it that's said, pretty like, sick. It's, it was not. Oh, it was okay. douchey as hell. One time me and Jess are walking around the block 
and I'm like looking at it and a guy comes up on Locks Cargis and he's like, you like what you see? And I go, no, that shit's fucking stupid. And then we just kept walking. He was, he was definitely in the Navy. Uh, well. Yeah, that's my, that's my pick. I, I agree. I think that's a solid sequel yeah. pick. I mean, that easy, but this, so is mine. Th- so. This, this, this was a hard topic for me. Um, besides the second topic, I, or besides the second whatever movie we do. And yeah, I, I thought it was easy. I tried not to do easy, but when you think of sequel, sequels, that one really stands out. It's it's one of the best. Yeah. So my pick is, I, I tend to try and not be cliche with my picks. I try to like think a little bit more, but this is the one that I'm going to be like, I'm going to be cliche as <laughs> I'm going to pick James Cameron Aliens. Woo! Because let's let's f***ing be real. When you think about best sequels that improve upon the source material, that have such a long-standing reputation and legacy, like Aliens, hands down, is one of the top sequels of all time. So much so that I would wager to guess more people have seen Aliens than they have seen the original Alien. It's got one of the most memorable lines ever. Get away from her, you bitch! Yeah. Um, I remember as a kid thinking that fight with the mecha, like oh, the armor yeah. versus the queen. And I remember watching this movie for the first time. And like, I grew up watching horror movies and sci-fi. And my mom was always like very. And I was like watching this movie for the first time. And I was probably like maybe eleven or twelve. And my mom's like comes in the room. She's like, "Have you ever seen this before?" I'm like, "No." She's like, "Oh, you're in for a treat." And I'm like, "Why?" And she's like, "Just wait." And the one of the most memorable parts of it is when she's going to rescue Newt at the end. And she's walking through like all the slime and the biomechanical material of the walls. And she walks and all the fog like v- disappears and you just see all of the eggs around her. And you're like, yeah. oh, and then you see the ovipositor and the big egg sack. And then it goes to like the queen alien and just the visuals that James Cameron did with like all the backlighting, and everything just to make it look gigantic and scary as shit. Just looking, you're like, damn, that's cool. And there is a documentary episode on uh, Netflix called The Movies That Made Us. So I watched that uh, before I uh, we like went before we did this recording and like them trying to like, okay, how are we going to do this? And before they built the actual biomechanics and stuff, they literally just had like cardboard wrapped around trash bags and like two (laughs) people on top of one another trying to articulate and figure out, okay, how are we going to be able to move this around and how are we going to do all of this? It was just cool special effects built on the premise. The again, like there are scary parts in it. The scariest parts of the alien movies are always the face huggers. And that scene where she's like in the hospital bay with Newt and they're locked in and the fucking what's his name dumps the two face huggers in the room to try and impregnate them. That part is scary as shit. And just like the quick edit of the thing like around yeah. on the ground was terrifying to me. Good sound effect. I tried. I, <laughs> I love, I think what's so good about those movies is that they are limited by what they can do with their special effects. So it forces them to be creative as opposed to now. It's just like, Oh yeah, we'll CGI it. We'll CGI it. We'll CGI. It. And sometimes that's, that works. And other times they, you know, we lean heavily so much on it that it just, it doesn't sell and doesn't come across as well as. Yeah. John Carter, we're looking at you. <laughs> 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 oh yeah, yeah. Little rough, little rough. And then, where was I going with that? I don't know. We just kind of. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> for, 
No, there was something else I was going to say. Well, I guess it wasn't important. Well, but what you got, Kyle? To be honest, I don't have much. I haven't watched any of the Alien movies in a long time. I remember watching it and really liking it. You saw part three. <laughs> Sigourney in that mech suit. Epic as all. I agree with the face huggers. They are the scariest part. Yeah. Oh, that's that's a, that's what I was gonna say. Yeah. I wish they weren't face huggers though. Ugh. Jeez. Ew. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the audience is gonna get so over <laughs> over that. Sound yeah, effect. but I love it, so I don't care. The one sound effect we got. We got. <laughs> <laughs> We're not using that anymore. Uh, oh no! But the aliens themselves, I think, are actually scary. Like even today. Out of most movie things, those terrify me. Except Alien versus Predator and any of those sequels. They're kind of like gimmicky. They water it, water it down a little bit. Well, like, so we're talking about special effects. Like, again, the original Queen Alien looked cool. How they moved it looked cool. It was scary. The tail, everything. When they did Alien versus Predator, where they're in the Arctic. The Arctic. And when you see the Queen Alien chasing after Zoe Salt. I don't think know if it was Zoe Saldana or whatever the actress that was. Sounds right. Um, the Queen Alien was all CGI, and it just didn't have the same kind of gusto of it. And like even the part when yeah. she's like in the aircraft or inside the uh, cargo bay, and she just like cuts the dude in half and like lowers itself down. You're like, how did that big old bitch get inside this cargo like hold? How did that happen? How did that happen? <laughs> I, I don't know. I like. I think this movie is probably a one a, one of the best sequels of all time, and I think it gets that recognition deservedly. So it gave like James Cameron had done a few thing. Like I think he had just done Terminator Two right before or right after this too. So you know, you know, he knows how to make a good movie. James Cameron's got the sequels. So, yeah, he did. You know, we'll see what the new Avatar if that keeps going i've still never seen the first one just watch pocahontas it's the same (laughs) movie with with blue people smurfs or as south park called it what dances with smurfs yeah have you guys ever did you guys ever ride the ride at disney world it's it was in epcot oh you're are you thinking about the alien escape it wasn't actually an or alien encounter it wasn't actually an alien it wasn't it wasn't part of aliens no it was just there was an egg and an alien escapes the egg it it had nothing to do with the franchise no oh but yes i remember that thing it was scary and then i was scary so now it's lilo and stitch yeah they turned into lilo and stitch i think that's even closed down now oh by the way i hated the lilo and stitch ride because there's this part where where he burps it's so gross and it smelled like ruined my entire vacation i was sick the whole but the the reason why i thought that that ride was aliens because it does say alien extra encounter whatever but they also had the ride in mgm the great movie ride where they had part of the alien movie you saw sigourney weaver like with the gun in the corner and then like the alien would (laughs) pop from the ceiling (laughs) i remember writing that and once again that sucker terrified me i I knew it was coming because i knew what set we were in i was like ah shit i loved the great movie ride, but I had to bring an extra pair of draws every time I rode that one. <laughs> the um, the thing I hated most about this movie is uh, Newt's accent. They mostly come at night, mostly. <laughs> and then she's just like falling slowly. Ah! And just like going like, you know, I know everyone's like, bring Newt back. I'm like, no, let her die. It's fine. All right. So your guys' opinions. And I think I know the answer. What do you like better? Alien and aliens or 
Prometheus and whatever that shit sequel was. Covenant? Covenant. Um, obviously Alien and Aliens, yeah. but I also really appreciated Prometheus, and I didn't mind Covenant. No? No, and they're making a third one, because I think they're, like, the third one is supposed to... Gap them. I don't know if it's supposed to be a show anymore, or it was supposed to be a movie, and it was supposed to basically bridge the gap between explaining how what ends what happens at the end of Covenant gets to Sigourney and the Nostromo. Like it's supposed to. Wasn't there aliens at the end of Covenant? Yes, I don't. I don't remember. I saw. Yeah, they started looking a little bit more. They, They yeah, they started to look more like the actual. Uh, I can't remember what they call them. Xenomorph. 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 Yeah. Yeah. And then what's his face vomits up eggs of face huggers oh, and yeah. puts them in the little embryo freezer or whatever. Whatever. <laughs> well, I, I, <laughs> hopefully it's good. I mean, I'll be there to watch it yeah, regardless. I love trash movies. Yes. All right. Well, that's mine. Okay. So that is it for our best slash great sequels. When we come back, we're going to be talking about Sequels that we love, but we know are not as good as the original. (laughs) Okay, so the topic you picked was sequels that are not as good as the original, but you still love. And which one did you pick? All right, so don't hate me. Because you're beautiful. <laughs> Hate me because you're man. All right, so, so for this one, I chose Jurassic Park 3. Actually, no no shame. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm with this. All right, so what I liked about Jurassic Park 3, if you've never, I guess I'll start with the plot. But uh, it, Dr. Grant pretty much gets tricked on going to Isla Sorna, the second dinosaur island, because uh, these people who pose to be rich people, played by Mila, uh, William H. Macy and Tia Leone, they're posing to be rich so they can get a guided tour as they fly over the dinosaur island and he can like point out the dinosaurs to him because he's, he's famous from the first Jurassic Park movie. Well, turns out their son is actually lost on the island because they were doing some parasailing and there was an accident. So that kid and his stepdad, they got stranded on the island and secretly they're, they're there to rescue the kid. But what I like about this movie is it separates itself from the first two. It's much darker and it moves at a really quick pace. I saw this movie in a drive-thru in Canada when I was when it first came out. And first of all, drive-thrus, I I it's a forgotten craft that I wish still existed because there's just something about a drive-thru. I love drive-thru movies. Yeah, I love the double feature. So good. Yeah, and I think I saw what did I see first? I can't remember what movie I saw first because I actually liked this movie. Um, I agree with you. It's a lot darker than the other ones. It's not particularly good. And Sam Nell is like, you can tell he was like, I will do this and I will phone this shit in. And he sure did. Yeah. And the like, the, there always has to be like a bad dinosaur. But like my favorite part of this is when they're inside the thing. And it's like, what's the railings? What's that? And Sam Nell just goes... It's not a, it's not a so-and-so, it's a birdcage. And then, like, the all, suddenly, all the clouds dissipate, and you can see that it is, in fact, just a giant birdcage. And you're like, They gave him so many good lines in this movie. Like, one-liners like that, it's a birdcage. And then, because I watched it today, this morning. But, like, they find the raptor nest in the, in the woods, and they're like, Dr. Gray, come look at this. And he's like, Raptors. <laughs> he just, raptors. He did, he did talk to raptors in this. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. What was that? No, 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 no. It, was, it was like, 
<laughs> yeah. Well, it looked, also, like, it looked like an ocarina. He also had the bad dream where the the, <laughs> the, the Velociraptor was like Alan <laughs> on the <laughs> plane. Alan. So the movie's far from perfect, and I don't think the CGI in some moments is as strong as it was in even the first Jurassic Park. But no, because yeah, there's just yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's, no, because the CGI was trying to be much better at that point, and it wasn't. Where in the first one, the CGI it wasn't good, so but it was. Well. It was. It was the CGI. The graphics were good for that time because it was so new. Yeah. At this point, CGI was not new, and they were just trying to go a little harder, and it was just kind of meh. Is that guy blowing leaves again outside? Yes. Motherfucker. He's it's just a, standing out. He, I hired him to do it when I'm talking just so I could have some cool background. I'm going to go just out there. standing in front of the window <laughs> just blowing the thing up directly at this window. I'm going to go out there, steal from him, shoot him with and go, I'll blow you later. So, <laughs> so if, if you guys can't hear the leaf blower, it's because I, I tried to edit it out and it worked, I guess. Uh, oh, so there's a lot of tense moments in this movie. Like, you start off with the, the plane crash where you get introduced to the new big dinosaur, the Spinosaurus. Which, uh, which, uh, okay, uh, I was, this movie came out when I was much younger, and I was still the kid on the playground who said the T-Rex was better than the Spinosaurus, because at the time, yeah, everybody thought the Spinosaurus was cool, because it was new. Yeah, it was new, it beat the T-Rex in the movie, but I was like, no, 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 the T-Rex is still where it's at. But I still think the Spinosaurus is, now that I'm an adult, I can take a step back and be like, yeah, it's a cool dinosaur too, I guess. Here's, so, the... Two specific parts stick in my mind, besides the, it's a birdcage. It's um, when the kid is walking and he's like, the the railing shakes. And then you just see the, yes. um, I can't remember the name. My the, brain's working. The, yeah, whatever the hell it was, walking towards him on the railing. I was like, that's cool. And the imagery of it was kind of terrifying, which I liked. The other part was the... The phone ringing and then standing on the one side and they're like, they're like, who had the phone? Oh, it was so-and-so. And then they just all just turn and look at the Spinosaurus just standing there, like, looking at them. <laughs> You're like, that was that was meant to be a joke, yeah. I know, but it wasn't funny. It was just, like, out of place. It, was, it reminded uh, me of uh, Land of the Lost with Will Ferrell when he kept, <laughs> keeps saying his brain is the size of a walnut. And then he looks out of the cage and the T-Rex is just right there. <laughs> there was... There was a lot of horror build-up moments, too, where it built up to things, where you thought things were... It created tension, I thought. And one of them was uh, when they're inside the facility, and Tiana Leone's character is looking at these different embryos. She's going through the embryos, test tube by test tube, and it's just like showing the progression of this dinosaur getting older. And then the last test tube is just the head of the Velociraptor. And it's so she leans in and then she notices that the eye moves just a little bit before it attacks. So I thought it was really cool because it started laying the groundwork of like just how intelligent Velociraptors are. And this movie kind of lays the groundwork for this new Jurassic World trilogy that we have because they talk about briefly like the Spinosaurus was not on Engine's original list. So they're still doing something somewhere. And then, oh, wow, these raptors can communicate and they're showing these intelligence that mm-hmm. kind of plays into this new blue Velociraptor then, with Chris Pratt. Chris you know? Pratt goes on a f- bike ride with him through yeah, the jungle. Yeah, and trains him. So, like, it kind of laid the groundwork for making that believable in the world of Jurassic Park slash world. There's also a really cool roller coaster at Universal Studios. Oh, yeah. I've, I've heard. I didn't Oh, uh, the Velocicoaster? Oh, I highly recommend it. I haven't it. been yet. 
It's so good. Not all so of us good. get to go on vacation every other week. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> no, I like this movie. Like it's it definitely better better than the second. Better than the second yeah. for sure. And it's I mean, it's not better than the first, but it is still a solid entry. Like it yeah. was certainly better than Jurassic World Dominion or whatever the uh, f- yeah, hell yeah, that yeah. one was. Is that the second? Of yeah, the second ones. Jurassic World movie. Yeah, I am excited for not to get too off topic. I am excited for the third one. Yeah, to try to show what the second one was trying to show of dinosaurs in the real world. You know, when they bring them to San Diego or whatever. Yeah, the they brought one, the T Rex to San Diego yeah. to go to the San Diego Zoo, which yeah. the San Diego Zoo is awesome. Oh no, the Jurassic. It, it was a Jurassic World showcase or something, wasn't it? And that's where they got yeah, the they had like from a Coliseum. They were going to bring dinosaurs. Out yeah, and, and stuff. Seeing him romp around the city and stuff, and people interacting. I'm excited to see that aspect of Jurassic Dominion Two Fantasy World. Yeah, and it looks like called. I can't remember what they've subtitled no. it. We're professionals. Yeah. Jurassic World, the world within. I don't know. And I'm really excited. (laughs) I'm excited to see this one. Uh, So real quick before we move on from Jurassic Park 3, it was directed by Joe Johnson, who did uh, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids, the original one. Okay. But little tidbit information, before Disney Plus was doing the Star Wars shows, they were still trying to do the Star Wars movies. And Joe Johnson, before he became a film director... He worked at Lucasfilm, and he would do, like, concept artwork for them. And so when George Lucas came up with the idea of Boba Fett, he was the one that sketched Boba Fett, and he is the one that designed how Boba Fett looks today. Hmm. And, uh, well, I thought that was cool because he was kind of campaigning, like, hey, if we make a Boba Fett movie, I would like to do it because it's kind of, like, where I started with my career, and I would like to be able to flesh this character out into a movie as a director. Now he never directed any of the Boba Fett episodes or good. And then and never, he never got to do, which I think good because good good on him. Good on him because he dodged that bullet. Avoid. Yeah, I agree. Boba book of Boba Fett was hot garbage. Do not give me that look, Kyle. It was, uh, there was not enough Boba Fett. Oh, I agree with that. There was plenty. He was just laying in that tank the entire time. Oh, and also why did he he chase that robot around the kitchen? Like, a Three Stooges routine. And then the robot shot itself or deactivated yeah. itself? Well, and then he like he catches the robot. And I'm like, and then he puts it against the wall. And he's like, I'm Boba Fett. Okay, none of that was cool. Like, you you made yourself look like a clown chasing this robot around the kitchen. <laughs> That's exactly what it yeah. was. You guys have no imagination or childish spirit anymore. <laughs> no. Everything has to be so serious. Let's no. go Let's go watch Citizen Kane. No. <laughs> they, they, they turned Boba Fett into Jar Jar Binks in that scene. Uh, uh, very that. Look, look, I'm not, like, the episodes with the Mandalorian in it were great. It should have just been, like, the Mandalorian, and then there was a uh, they they should have just done like a side quest in the Mandalorian explaining Boba Fett, not, oh, we're going to do the book of Boba Fett. And it's like, I could not care less about what is happening right now because literally it's just a lot of them walking. I agree on and sand people. I agree on some parts of that. Raiders. Do I wish the book of Boba Fett showed more of Boba Fett and focused on his story instead of three episodes just being the beginning of Mandalorian season three. Yes, <laughs> but it's it's good to see, and I hope that they do continue it and build this universe that they're building with Ahsoka, Boba Fett, Mandalorian. Oh, yeah, all I'm, all, I'm together. all about that for but sure. But there, there were some parts of the Mandalorian that were not great, or not the Mandalorian, Boba Fett, but I still enjoyed it. So, I, I, so yeah. I, 
I, I was definitely let down though. But anyway, back to Joe Johnson, Jurassic Park three. It's oh, is a, that what we're talking it's about? A, it's a sequel. <laughs> it's a sequel that I loved. That is not as good as the original movie, but I would recommend it because it's faster paced and darker, and it's it's a good background movie too. I will give you this. I remember seeing it when I was younger, like you saw for the first time. I fucking love this movie. I loved it. I watched the shit out of it. Now that I'm older, I see the cheesiness and him going <laughs> to the or when they first, for help. They first see it and it's like, <laughs> no, like whenever they're blowing through it, it sounds like if you play Pokemon Arceus, there's a flute and it's like, <laughs> like it sounds exactly like when they're trying to just blow through the thing. Um, I Good like, pick. Good I pick. think this is certainly more memorable than the second one. So for that, it gets my vote. Yay. All right. Solid pick. So my pick, I tried to again with like with the Dark Knight. I tried not to be cliche. This movie is so Kyle cliche. <laughs> it's unbelievable. I did not pick a trilogy like you did. I picked the Honest Sequel. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. Growing up, it involves mm-hmm. two of my favorite characters oh, of the all time. Suspension is killing mm-hmm. me. Is it Bill, Bill and Ted? Bill and Ted's yes! journey. <laughs> I was like, oh, I know this one. So and good. it is a trilogy, you asshole. I, I said I didn't pick the trilogy. So I didn't pick Faces the Music. I picked Bogus Journey. Okay. I played the shit out of this tape growing up. Do I do I understand why people don't like it as much as the first? Yes. I like this movie more than the first. I do. Does it mean that it's better? But okay, for somebody like me, because I, I haven't, haven't seen, seen him in a while, in and they so kind of blend together. I watched it last what night. Is, uh, what's kind of the plot? All right, so people? brief overview. They're a few years out of high school now, because the first one they take place in high school. They're trying to get their lives together through their music. They want to enter Battle of the Bands, but they still can't play music. They got the babes with them from medieval England. <laughs> they propose, and then all of a sudden, come Death, to find right? out. No, Rufus is who is their mentor in the first one. Rufus's old teacher, which you come to find out later was just his gym teacher, not even some kind of crazy mentor for him, wants to destroy Bill and Ted. So he sends two robot evil usses, is what they call them throughout the whole movie. So two robot Bill and Ted's to the past to kill Bill and Ted so that they can't perform in the Battle of the Bands. (laughs) They end up killing them. Then they wrestle with death, the Grim Reaper, they go to heaven, they come back, and then they have to defeat the evil usses. <laughs> it's it's what I love about a sequel is when the first one, not that the first one was masterpiece or anything. It was a little more serious, even though they travel through time and they get all these people for their history project. It's so quirky. It's so zany. It's so out there. It's it's why I like TMNT 2 Secret of the Ooze more than the first one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it's okay. so out there. It's so crazy. I love Bill and Ted. I think they're so funny together. Um, I love Death. The guy who plays Death, I'm never going to remember his name. But that character is so good. Him playing Death, he's zany, weird, especially once they break down. The way that Death brings them to uh, brings them to heaven is they have to challenge him in a game or in a match and they play Battleship and Twister and all these like old school kids games and they beat him every time. And he's like, best out of three, 
best out of five, best out of seven every time they beat him, and then finally brings him to heaven. I love Station, which is the brightest scientist in the universe. That's who they find in heaven to help them build good robot evil or good robot uses that end up defeating the bad evil uses. It's all fucking over the place, and it's so funny. And fun fact, the both Bill and Ted DVDs that I own are both promotional giveaways from Pizza Hut back in the early 2000s. (laughs) (laughs) There's no commercials. There's no start screen or anything. It has a big Pizza Hut logo on it with Bill and Ted's face. And it starts. starts. Yeah, I love. I love that. I so I haven't seen this movie in like it has to be twenty years. I like. I wish I had known beforehand because I would watch it just because. Like I remember, like as a kid, liking it. So I would probably like it as an adult because you know my humor level is not there. I also have not seen Bill and Ted Face the Music yet, and I know it's on. I think HBO. HBO. And, but and maybe like one day when I'm by myself, I'll like watch it just for the nostalgia. I heard it was okay. It's okay. I wish they would have made Bill and Ted three 30 years ago. Fair. Yeah. I I wish I had more to talk about because I too. love hearing the sound of my own voice. It, but. It, it's I, fine, but the, this is my pick. And I don't have tons to say about it because we obviously can't riff. You guys haven't seen in a while. But it's just a quirky, zany travel just, through time and space well, can we i mean we've talked about this before but can we take a moment to like discuss that keanu reeves like care or like his career over time has done a lot more for him than maybe it rightfully should but it's because he's a good person like i think so and he 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 found these niche roles that just yeah. really work for him well, that if, land him in these big if franchises. You think about it like after Bill and Ted, he he did a movie with John Malkovich and Uma Thurman and Glenn Close. He did Dangerous Liaisons, which is basically what Cruel Intentions was a remake of and it's he's like the chivalrous man but he talks exactly as he did in Bill and Ted. He's like I will defend her honor. And then he did how can we point about point he did break? He did point break. He did uh, <laughs> Bram Stoker's Dracula. <laughs> and like, even in that, you're hands, like, hands down, greatest British accent ever. Oh, in any, God. In, oh, in yeah. Any cinema. Dracula. He yeah. was in. Oh, and like that. He like they like dyed his hair gray to show that time had passed. It was so weird. But then like he t- like then the Matrix and then a break. And well, now with John Wick. Well, first, first off, he did all those really good movies that we were talking about. And then he teamed up with Sandra Bullock and did the lake house. <laughs> Oh, he, well, he did cruise control. Or no, he speed. did speed. 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 Sorry. I like speed, he was not on, speed is great. Yeah. I like speed. He was then, not in the second one. But, but yeah, he, he did, did speed. the lake house. Well, you know, he probably owed her one. <laughs> what was, what was like, the lake I house? Did that That's bullshit when he did like, speed the movie. time traveling through the mailbox. Through the thing? mailbox. Okay. He loves time travel movies. Yeah. But. Okay, so, I mean, that's what I will say, is, like, just look at, like, the career this man has had because of Bill and Ted. But it's, you know why? Because he's a nice f***ing person. And he's an FBI agent. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, God. Trinity, help! (laughs) (laughs) I know Kung Fu. Please stop. (laughs) Uh, I I think that's a solid pick. Good for you. Yeah. Well well played. You're welcome. I didn't know... That scared the shit out of me because I didn't do it this time. Yeah, so we have the soundboard in the middle. I can't reach it, unfortunately. So I can. Kyle can. So every time he just decides to press a button, 
that's usually just Kyle, and I will say they're usually ill-timed. So let's just keep going. We have not got the timing down with this yet. <laughs> not yet. Um. Okay. So my pick now. Ooh. Okay. So I picked. I have two. I'm gonna briefly talk about the one, and then I'm gonna we're gonna play a game. It's not okay. Saw. Okay. So um, I was gonna pick Scream Three, but I figured I was just gonna spend about 30 minutes talking about how bad Courtney Cox's hair was the entire time. The bangs. Oh. The bangs. <laughs> so, so we're not going to do that. But the movie I picked, I'm going to say some facts and see if you can think of it because I know you're not going to. Okay, so it has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes. Passion of the Christ 2, even more passion. <laughs> no. Um, it has a 22% on Rotten Tomatoes, but was a resounding commercial success. Um, it's set outside of series canon. It's the first 3D film for Lions or for New Line Cinema. It had cameos such as Johnny Depp, Roseanne, Tom Arnold, Alice Cooper, and Iggy Pop did the theme song. Jesus. Any guess? Give us give us more. You, no. you, you lost I, me at Roseanne. I Okay. The movie I picked that a sequel that is bad, but I still love it. Freddy's Dead, The Final Nightmare. <laughs> now, based off the facts that I told you, would you guess any of that? No, I didn't know Roseanne was ever in a Nightmare on M Street movie. So, Johnny Depp was... I gotta start. Anytime he says Johnny Depp, I gotta say a Freddy movie. He loves Johnny Depp and Freddy. <laughs> so, he was obviously Glenn in the first Nightmare on Elm Street yeah, movie. He gets was eaten, the first eaten death, the bed. right? Yeah. No. No, it was the girl. He was yeah. the last, one of the last deaths. He gets eaten by the bed. Well, so, it was... There's a part in the movie where, like, this kid's a stoner, and he's sitting on the couch, and he's watching TV, and it's in, like, the nightmare house, and he's watching a TV that somehow works, and it's the old commercials, like, this is your brain. This is your brain on drugs, and it's Johnny Depp cracking an egg into the pan. He's like, think about it. And then Freddy just comes in and hits him in the face with the cast iron thing. He's like, what a loser, eh? And it's like, it's like so funny and out there. I love this movie because they this was supposed to be like the end. Like, it's like, all right, this is the eighth movie or the seventh movie at this point. It's like, we need to just finish this at this point. Like, so they they actually tried to explain what the fuck. Leaf blowers back. They tried to explain how he could do everything. So they actually, they're like, oh, he is possessed by dream demons, and they're the reason that he's able to jump in and out. He wanted vengeance. The demons came to him and are letting him do it. So they tried to give him, like, oh, this is why he has these powers. Then it was like, oh, the main plot is Freddy has a kid. And one of the characters is Freddy's kid. So oh. pseudo mystery trying to figure out. But he's killed basically every teenager throughout the town of Springwood, Ohio. So I feel like this is the same plot of Jaws 4, is it? Jaws the Revenge. Jaws is hunting down yeah. the family. Yeah. <laughs> or Bruce it's the, the Shark. Kid. Yeah. <laughs> so they are. Uh, so the, so the plot, they get to the city. Roseanne is like one of the characters in the city, just doing the most Roseanne shit you would think. Gross. Um, and I then soft spot for Roseanne. And then, um, yeah. So oh, I was thinking Rosie O'Donnell with her fucking gross chin hair. Oh, that that was actually a part of the plot point. <laughs> like she's just like this gross lady who's like, I want kids, but no one in the town has kids because they know Freddy's gonna kill them. So. Then, like, at the end, like, near the end, like, you find out who the kid is, and then the person is like, all right, I'm going to go into the dream world and try and 
pull Freddy out because that's the only way that they can kill him. And so it's like, put on the 3D glasses. These will help you see the demons. And it's like, oh, we're doing that now. And then it does like this weird graphics thing and it's like flying through what appears to be Freddy's brain. And then you see these little like worms with like faces like flying around. You're like, okay, the dream demons got it. They're there. They exist. They pull Freddy out. Fighting ensues, rips off his arm and impales him with it to stick him to a wall. And he's like, oh, you bitch, like going through everything. And then girl, like they're at a they're at like an orphanage or something where all the weapons that they're using to fight Freddy were compensated from the kids. So you're like, in what city do all of these things exist? One of the girls like here throws a pipe bomb and she shoves it into the cavity of Freddy's chest and Freddy explodes. And that's the end. It sounds a lot like that Jaws movie. <laughs> well, at least it wasn't <laughs> roaring in the <laughs> ocean. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I, I can say I've never seen this Freddy Krueger movie, but I do love how much Freddy loves just to say bitch whenever he can. I'm going to get you, bitch. <laughs> get ready for your close up, bitch. <laughs> no, Freddy, this was all, this was like. This was such like the height of Camp Freddy when they were like, they're like, okay, we've done all these things and we're like all these horrific deaths. We're going to start having fun. So one of the like, okay, I'm going to I'm going to talk for a couple seconds and I'm going to give it away. Take us on a journey. So some of the deaths are so the kid that's a stoner is Brecken Meyer. It's like one of his first movies he ever did. And he's like trapped inside of a video game and Freddy's glove has a remote control and he's just getting his ass beat by like bullies and the guy's bouncing around the house and then falls into a pit, which is like him dying in the game. And then one dude has like hearing issues. So Freddy like fucks with his hearing at it, like gets this giant implant and Freddy comes out with like this tiny chalkboard and like scratches on it. And the guy's like, Oh my brain. And then you just see Freddy like stretch the board, like makes it giant. It's like, like scratching on it until the guy's head explodes. You're like the deaths in this movie were so stupid and funny to watch. It was like, Oh, okay. He knows it's the end. So they're just going to like let him riff Robert England. Come on. The, I mean, the movie, the movie was like, obviously plot, not good, generally not like a beloved of the franchise, but it was still like, I, if it's on, I'll watch it and I'll, I laugh every time. I want to watch this now just for the ridiculousness of it all. I honestly thought I never saw this, but I have a very vivid memory of that whole video game scene. I really do. So I don't know. Maybe I have. You probably have. It's not. This isn't super memorable. But I was like, again, I was trying to think of like, man, a sequel that is really shitty, but I still like it. And I know you were like, oh, it's just can't be as good as the original. But it's like every like a lot of not many sequels are better than the original. So like I was going to pick Alien Resurrection because it's like that one I still enjoy. That's a, that's a fun ride, what a though. Little baby. Yeah, that's a fun like there are like there is a lot I could have picked, but I was like, no, like I like this one. And I know Kyle doesn't like Ookie Spooky, but maybe he might have seen this one. I don't like new scary movies, but those old ones, the old uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, Halloween's, Friday the Thirteenth. I like all those. Oh, it's the new ones where where girls are on the ceiling walking like spiders. Like, I hate that shit. Fair. That hereditary shit. Oh god, shit makes my skin. 
fucking crawl. Um, it makes me not sleep, and one, then I get sad and I cry. And one thing I really liked about this is because they're really trying to drive it home that it was like this was the end. Is that there's a montage? I can't remember if it's at the beginning or the end, but Iggy Pop plays like the three the theme song for the show and or for the movie, and there's a full montage of every Freddy kill ever playing to the theme. So you just get to watch all these ridiculous deaths happen, and it's great. Like. I mean, there's a lot to enjoy in this movie, and it's probably why it was a resounding commercial success. But, like, obviously, critical, critics don't like horror movies. I mean, even if they're great and Oscar-worthy, they don't typically like... Yeah. yeah. That montage thing that you said, it reminds me of, like, at the end of each season of The Golden Girls, when they do, like, a, a look back and they play that their best moments. Oh, rest in peace, Betty White. Thank you for being a friend. This fucking guy bringing out the gold. Hey, per- the perfect timing. All right, that's all I got to say about it. Do you guys have any thoughts since you've never seen it? Except for maybe Kyle? Nah, I probably saw it on like TV Land or not TV Land, TNT or something. I'm good. Great. All right. <laughs> take, take us to the next transition. <laughs> We're going to take a break. <laughs> I thought you were going to do it. <laughs> You want to you bring us back in? Yeah. No films given. Sequels. Love it. Live it. Love it. Live it. No, What's what the category? It? What is it? I don't know. What's live, the category? Live, laugh, love. <laughs> God. <laughs> All right. So, Frankie, your topic, sequels. Our last subtopic or category. Yeah, round, round Category, three. I guess, round three is. Fight. God, I, hate I love you. that button so much. <laughs> this is movies that deserve or should have a sequel. Very no, it's a sequel that you one. wish was made. Yeah, movies that wish you had a sequel. You just said it in a less fancy way. No, I. This is the movie that I wish was made from another one. Not this movie was great. It should have had a sequel. It's the same thing, people. <laughs> I'm gonna fight you on the semantics of this until I die. And we're back. <laughs> yeah. So the three goons and the cat. Yeah, Mo Larian Curly. <laughs> He's having too much fun oh, with that soundboard. Put it I take it. you need to take it out of his reach next time. <laughs> yes, the audience agrees with me. Let's see what the audience thinks. All right, Frankie, bring us in. All right. So for the movie that I wish had it or a sequel that I wish was made, I want you to close your eyes. I want you to think back to 1970. The last time Frankie had me close my eyes, I was sore for days. (laughs) He gave me very deep calf massage. What the fuck are you looking at me for that like that for? I wish I could turn back time and forget this moment. Share, <laughs> okay. help me. And take two. I want you to close your eyes. Okay, so I'm not going to close my eyes, but I'll be yeah, with yeah. you on no, this okay. journey. Okay, so 1972. All right. <laughs> 1972. Willy Wonka and Charlie have busted through the roof of the factory in this great I glass hate this elevator. <laughs> and then it shatters and they all die because that's how glass works. <laughs> Grandpa Joe's there. No. All right. So the sequel that I wish could be made, just because I think it's so wild, it's so bizarre, is Charlie and the Great 
glass elevator. And it was the sequel book to the Willy Wonka or the Charlie and Chocolate Factory uh, novel. It's never been put into a movie format. Mm -hmm. And I think I'd like to see it just because it's so wild. Okay, so after the events of the first movie, they give Willy Wonka gives Charlie the Chocolate Factory. They're flying around. It's it's happy. It's great. Well, somehow they accidentally go into orbit. All right. And they have to dock with the space station. But while they're at the space station, they realize that there's this alien infestation that's coming. But is They're it, called vernicious canids. Right. It's the vernish, vermicious canids or whatever that were hunting the, the Loompas. Yeah. So they're back. They're causing chaos. So it's just, okay, in it. They go to different dimensions. They have to fight these swarm of aliens. Uh, they go to the White House. It's uh, it's who's president? Probably Nixon at this time. You know, <laughs> so <laughs> I am not a crook. <laughs> so, so you know, I'd love Watergate. Yes, but you know, if we put this, I'd I'd like to see that anytime, which we may because. Netflix or something is like teamed up with Takiwa Titi, and now they're doing some sort of Raw Dow TV series type thing that's animated. I'm and, for this because Taika is good at yeah. doing like other, like kind of cartoony, otherworldly stuff. So he played be... my absolute favorite version of Hitler. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And Jojo <laughs> Rabbit. It will be. <laughs> oh, I can't get enough. I mean, that would be animated. But uh, kind of bringing it to the realms of when it would work, because I don't think I'd like to see Johnny Depp's version do this adventure. I think I'd rather see Gene Wilder's version do this adventure. Fair. And it's kind of, it's at a time before Star Wars, you know, so maybe it could have been made around the same time as Star Wars when space was fun again and interesting and brand new and it could be epic and all this other stuff. So, but there's just a lot of fun stuff going on, like definitely drug induced other dimensional realities that Willie takes Charlie and his grandparents and mom on. Um, yeah. I mean, I, uh, let's, let's be real. Movies have been made on shittier premises than that. Yeah. Freddy Krueger seven or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Hey, <laughs> no, you know what? I did not know that there was a book it could be based off of. I thought you were just going to do like, Willy Wonka in the Licorice Factory. This could be fun, but no, the the stuff you were talking about sounds pretty cool. Well, it's ridiculous. Aren't like it's absolutely insane. Books? There was going to be three books, but he didn't. It was going to be Charlie and the White House, and that's when the president, I guess Richard Nixon, brings him back to the White House to give him like a thank you dinner for saving the planet from aliens. That sounds boring as shit. <laughs> good, good book. <laughs> well, I'm, good I'm sure something else written. was going to go off the rails, you know. Um, I think, I mean, if you're looking at it that way, like, I think the reason it probably wouldn't have been commercially successful is because everyone loved, like, the kind of fantastical lightheartedness of the Chocolate Factory versus, like, oh, Alien Invasion. It's a whole different tone. Like, yeah. the book is a completely different tone if you've read it. I remember reading as a kid thinking, like, geez, I can't believe this is a Willy Wonka book but yeah it's 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 almost like uh it takes willy wonka into the realms of doctor who is really what it kind of does okay okay i mean i can get on board with this i mean i've definitely watched worse <laughs> so i mean <laughs> yeah, hey I, I don't think it would be uh a great movie it would just be something that i would like to see i i think that's a solid pick solid topic okay i'm gonna pass it on to you 
see, unlike your thoughts, I think mine would be a great movie that everybody would love to see because everybody loves the first one. Okay. And it is a sequel that I would love to see is the 1999 science fiction space comedy Galaxy Quest. <laughs> sign, uh, yeah. sign me up. Sign me up. Absolutely. That, I, yeah. Okay. Great movie starring Tim Allen, Sigourney Weaver, um, Professor Snape. Alan Rickman, rest yeah, in peace. I know, rest in peace. Yeah. A lot of great people in this movie. The plot was hysterical. A TV crew or, you know, the cast of a TV show gets set, gets pulled into this space epic because this colony of people got a transmission of their shows and they take it as i guess law or reality and it's not what it is and then they help them you know through this invasion and everything and i thought the movie ended really well where they got a reboot of their show or anything but i don't think like i said the movie was made in 1999 i don't think if they did it in like 2001 or 2002 it would have been terrible it would have them just going yeah. off of the success, but doing it ten years later, maybe when special effects are their special effects are better, their technology in filmmaking got a little better. To see their adventure of yeah, we rebooted this television show, but we know what's out there and we could do something about it, and then seeing their quirky adventures past what the first movie showed showing other space beings other aliens everything i thought that that could be a really fun movie i'm all about it i think galaxy quest is like tim allen's magnum opus yeah <laughs> i mean fair i mean we, i don't want to besmirch the santa claus but uh, yeah. <laughs> but yeah i mean i agree the movie what like it was definitely and i think what made that movie so enjoyable was that it was undersold like, it was marketed to be like, goofy family comedy, blah, but it was actually like, oh, this is actually kind of decent, and, like, it could be really fun to see, and they could definitely do, like, oh, we had a reboot, and blah, 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 and then, like, they come, like, the aliens come back and be like, hey, by the way, remember how you <laughs> saved us? Now you have to do it again, and yeah. like, Ugh! Personal cheesy note. So, it was like, uh, before uh, my wife and I started dating, I put on uh, Galaxy Quest, if and you say she was that you guys had sex to it. I'm no, gonna <laughs> walk out of this. <laughs> to those little creepy she rock was... children on the rock planet, the little creepy like amphibian children that are like. <laughs> <laughs> this Frankie's like, yeah, right now, <laughs> right now. <sighs> no, this is how I knew she was the one. Like she wasn't even in the same room. I put on Galaxy Quest as like a background movie, and of course it starts with that theme, you know. Yeah, and she was like, "Did you just put on Galaxy Quest?" And I was like, "You're the one, baby. You're the one." <laughs> I don't have any fond memory of this movie, except that I enjoyed the it's film. It's a quirky, silly it's, movie, and I watched it. I try to watch, before we do the podcast, all three movies the three days before we film yeah. or record. And I fuck, I laughed harder at this because I haven't seen it in so long or as many times than I did Bill and Ted. There are so many funny parts. The fact that Alan Rickman doesn't take off his squid prosthetic <laughs> He's always a head character. In, for the entire movie <laughs> is so funny. And then- what, what's the act, actor's name? He played Zaphoid Beeblebrox, um, Sam Rockwell, and he's just Guy. Yeah. He's just, he's oh. just like, he, he's just like extra number six. <laughs> and the entire time he's just like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. Like to bring him into it and to bring somebody like such a minor character, like Justin Long back, who put Justin to, to bring Justin Long back 
for it. He played the quirky little kid at the convention. Oh, like bring him back in the bring sequel. Bring him back in the yeah, sequel. Yeah, okay. And where he helps him at the end of the movie navigate the spaceship to get to the Omega-13 and everything. To bring him back and let him go into space with them and to see how he acted, that would be so cool too. Like, if we could get, of course, rest in peace, Alan Rickman, Severus Snape. Like, we can't do it now, but it would have been so cool to see their story go a little bit further. There would have to be like a Ghostbusters, Harold Ramis scenario. But yeah. you, But you have to think about it too, is like, I think that all the actors in this are also not stuck up enough to be like, oh, I would never do a sequel to that. They'd all probably be like, that was fun. I'd that was fun, yeah. yeah. And Sir- Sigourney was a fucking babe in this. I don't know why you keep acting like surprised by these things. Like a lot of Because <laughs> I just people... picture her sweaty and like, let me fight aliens with my big gun. Every ever since Alien 3 when you saw her shave that head, you've oh, been goodness. you've been all on board for that. I think I know every, my, every... I think I know my type <laughs> and I think it's Sigourney Weaver. She's she's uh she's what do they say? She's America's hottest aunt in uh, Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh okay i agree with that all right yeah that's that's my pick i don't think we got to talk too much about these topics but no, i like it. i think that's a good one okay um so my pick a sequel was made but i am gonna say i wish the movie that was made was batman continues which was the original idea and script for the third Tim Burton Batman movie. Oh, okay. So instead of what came next, Batman Forever. Forever. Instead Forever. of Batman Forever. So this these are the basic plot points. It was gonna be Robin Williams as the Riddler, Billy D. Williams as Two Face because he was Harvey Dent in the first yeah, movie. Yeah. Uh, Michelle Pfeiffer was gonna return as Catwoman. Oh, so you're saying Batman Forever never happened? Batman Forever never happened, and it was the original okay. idea that they scrapped because they're like, it's too dark and gritty. So we're gonna go with Joel Schumacher and let him put nipples on everything. Yeah, that was sad. Um, and then what I thought was interesting too is Marlon Wayans was cast as Robin. Robin, yeah. And you know, to this day, <laughs> he still gets a penalty fee for that movie because they did his costume they did everything so he as i think it was like as of 2016 he was still getting paid a penalty for them ending his contract i think that's fantastic uh, wh- what well I- that's rude no fantastic he's still getting the penalty fee but also if you think back like, oh he's getting paid yeah he's getting paid yeah. oh i thought you meant like he had to pay money because they no. didn't make the movie no marlon oh, wayans no. is still oh. like was up until 2016 i didn't check till later but he still gets paid money because they like they did everything and they're like oh no we're going in a different direction joel schumacher's gonna cast chris o'donnell um <laughs> so when did when did batman forever come out 1995 i love so how old would he have been as robin i don't know i think that was around the time when he was doing like requiem for a dream and everything so yeah he, like because requiem was like mid 90s right so it had been before that yeah so it was that point so i the reason i have a couple of thoughts of why this would have been good and why this would have been great kind of representation for all of it is so first of all would have been he would have been 23 so think about mid 90s like how many like big name or how many african americans were like headlining like big budget blockbuster movies that were it wasn't like for lack of a better word like the butt of the joke or like yeah the thing like they actually had full-fledged out characters at that time probably will smith yeah, Billy D. Williams as Two Face 
it would have been like quote a racial swap if you will the Marlon Wayans as Batman or as Robin, like, has there even in canon or in any comic book Robin been African American? I don't think um, so. Um, I don't. Th- there's so many. Like, there's like the females and the males. It, and- I don't think so as actual Robin as, as Robin. So I know in I know in the Rebirth comics he gets Batman gets a sidekick. He's called like watch signal or something i don't know i haven't read it in a while but there is he gets a i believe it's lucius fox's son as like a protege but but he's not a well there's like when he creates batman incorporated or whatever there is like the batman of africa who is african-american but you don't see rob right so and then robin williams as the riddler like so for him like in tim burton's kind of style all the characters are kind of gritty and robin williams as much of a wonderful comedic actor as he was after a certain period he started trying to do like darker more grounded roles and this would have been like 10 or more years before he did like one hour photo and the night on the night listener and all these things so him as like Riddler, like, goofy and whatever, but still, it would have been grounded in that, like, Burton-esque darkness. Yeah. That we would have been, like, that would have been so cool. I love Jim Carrey as the Riddler, but it would have been so cool to see, like, Robin Williams' take on it, just, like, like kind of the madness and the maniacal thinking of it all. Like, it just would have been really, really cool. And obviously, Michelle Pfeiffer was wonderful as Catwoman. If she had come back... In that, that would have been what Riddler, Two Face, and Michelle Pfeiffer as like villains. That character arc would have gone well. It just it was set up to be such a better movie, in like like a better, more interesting movie than. I mean, I like Batman Forever. I'm not gonna say it's the worst movie on the planet. Val Kilmer, bleh, but and what Nicole Kidman was in that one. <laughs> yeah. And now like, I like Batman went, Forever for I, sure. I like that movie, but. I really want, like, especially now with the appreciation for the movies I have, I would have loved to have seen, like, how that would have fleshed out. It's the same thing as, like, I would have loved to have seen Superman, Superman's death or whatever the hell it was called with Nick Cage, Death of Superman. Oh, because, that, like, that costume. That costume and the, that <laughs> hair. Oh, my God. Like, that would have been something. It would have been, like, again, I like Tim Burton's stuff because it's always interesting. Like, it yeah. doesn't have to be, like, it's not always great, you, but it's always like interesting to watch. Have you guys seen the old news news footage of the Batman Returns Fallout, kind of with uh, like the toys and everything? Yeah, parents like not all parents because my dad was like, "We're gonna see this movie," and we left, and he was like, "Yeah," but like, yeah, like a lot of parents thought it was too dark. It was like it wasn't child friendly, and it, I oh, it's it's a superhero, so it's supposed to be kid-friendly, which we've certainly now gotten away from that, especially with, like, of its time. Deadpool and everything. Like, it was, like, as a kid, a lot of the adult themes kind of go over your head, and you yeah, don't Yeah, because Catwoman was, she was very sexual in yeah. that movie. And she was very sexual. It was very violent. I mean, she kills people with her claws, which blows up stuff and penguins oh i'd like to fill her void oh, yeah. like There's a lot of one <laughs> but like as a dirty one get that but parents were like upset about like the marketing and everything because they were like this was supposed to be a kid's movie and you ruined it and i'm like what <laughs> where was it ever advertised as a kid's movie it was uh well it's batman it's so people infer the superhero yeah. well i mean the, look at first, the first the first one. one with jack nicholson was pretty dark too but i think what it really was was like the Catwoman uh sexualized tones that really 
pushed it pushed it to where the parents weren't comfortable with having their kids there. It's funny. There was like a was like Mari or Montel Williams or something. It was one of those shows where it was just an audience full of just angry parents and they were all just like griping over Batman Returns. It's like some old '90s footage that I saw. It's hilarious. Penguins. Penguin is pretty scary in that movie too, especially when they go. Down at the sewer, he bites that guy's nose off. Yeah. No, he did that in public when he was he, like. He bites. The... He bites his nose off in public. But then when they go down to the sewer, like it's very dark and the yeah. overshades and the penguins match around. He's like eating fish and shit. Like and he's like <laughs> the, the random quacking and he has like has the dead guy's hand and yeah, yeah it's very. <laughs> I'm Fred's hand. <laughs> Would you like to see any other body parts? <laughs> like it's all very um. It is very dark. So, yeah, I get it. It's not necessarily a kid's movie, but I wish, like, Joel Schumacher, like, I like The Lost Boys. Like, he had, like, his good run of movies. But, like, the idea of, okay, we're going to pivot and we're going to make it hyper-colored, hyper-stylized, this. And they still let him do bat nipples and butt cleavage and cod pieces. And then, like, the story was all just puns and seal kiss from a rose and everything but that, that else. was that was great that was fantastic well, well wasn't seal it was great, but. wasn't it um, <laughs> that song's fantastic batman and robin with george clooney where when he's trying on the suit and he, he they show his they ass, do the butt shots the sh- super butt shot so i've talked about him a few times uh i collect funko pops and i have all the batman I have all of them from all the movies. So I have Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney. I have all the villains and everything. And you look at them and they're just toys and everything. If you look at the, um, oh God, I just, not Val Kilmer, the other one. George George Clooney. Clooney. You look at George Clooney's Batman. He's pretty much covered by a cape. If you lift the cape up and look, there's a very well sculpted ass underneath that cape. <laughs> which nice, I think is a little a nod nice little that, yeah, that Funko <laughs> did. It's fucking hysterical. It's, well, and no it's, bat nipples. There's no bat nipples on it, but there is a good. very well, nice ass it's on just, it. Uh, cool party. Like all of I mean what could have been if they had just like it's again a, an idea where studio interference ruins good ideas. And does that? I'm so happy that Michael Keaton's getting another chance to like don the bat suit. Oh, I'm so excited about. Um, that. I would like I w- if 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 he is in it, I would f-ing shit myself and give the production all the money in my bank account if Michelle Pfeiffer was in it, just like popped up in the suit as in a cameo. Yeah, I would like. Yeah, well, they they just postponed it, so it'd be kind of cool if they because the with the whole multiverse thing, they're gonna have some big shoes to fill coming off like the spider-man mm-hmm. and dr strange i mean yeah, they're so they're like all of them are trying so hard to like throw everything they can into the mix with cameos and everything else which is why i hope that they find a way to like pay michelle pfeiffer enough money to vacuum seal her into that suit again yes. i do love how at the end of 2021 dc was like year of the superhero and they showed flash and supergirl and aquaman and then they just announced like two weeks ago everything's being pushed back the only i think there's two movies i think it's like black adam and which looks excellent and uh shazam, uh, shazam. oh yeah they announced a wonka movie too a what a wonka movie well i thought they'd already a announced wonka? that one the, yeah they did but they just put it in the, the lineup the timothy chalamet which I, okay. I don't I, Mm. Although I do Meh. acknowledge that you broke the rules of this last round, I, I appreciate rule. your rule break. The rule was um, a sequel you wish was made. It was the first example meh, of the studio meh, meh, getting bullied and having to change direction. Like, yeah. Like with the Sonic trailer. 
Oh, I love that. <laughs> oh, I cannot wait for Sonic 2. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Loser. Okay, so those are our topics. <sighs> we have to keep that away from him next time. <laughs> Never. Um, <laughs> I'll sit on Frankie's lap if I want to. <laughs> You can close your eyes again. Uh, cool. All right, lightning round. Yeah, so lightning round questions. I had to make one up last minute, and this is what I'm going to do. If you could change the plot of any... Oh, um, I guess it's your turn. Yeah, well, you know, I'm talking now, and Frankie's, you know, needs time to think. If uh, maybe, maybe not. you could change the plot or a main plot point or spoiler of any sequel, what would it be? Last Jedi. Go for it. <laughs> Go for it and talk because I need to think. <laughs> say it. Say, say it. Say it one more time for me. Change the plot or a plot point of any sequel to make it better. In your mind. Oh God. Oh, you want me to go ahead and just run with it? Yeah. Uh, so one of the things that really hurt my feelings and something I talked about when we talked about the Ghostbusters Afterlife segment is the trope of killing off original characters to make way for the new ones, and just killing off Luke Skywalker and just the changing of Luke Skywalker's character or how he was presented in that movie, as opposed to how it was set up for him to be presented uh, in J.J. Abrams's mind, uh, it would definitely change that. I think it would have made the movie better. Okay. Do you need time to think, or would you like me to go? Like, I have one that comes straight to mind, but I don't want to play off of Frankie's. Do it. Because it sort of does. Yeah, do it. But the first thing that comes to mind, and it, it's, a, it's a minor part in the movie, but Rise of Skywalker, I gave an audible... Ugh, when Kylo and Ray kissed. I didn't need that. They could have reconciled a different way, just, hey, bud, thanks for helping. Like, anything More of like a brotherly, that. sisterly yeah, thing? Yeah, I didn't need that. I don't need a love interest and everything. I know that was a very... They were building that up through their connection and everything, and him with his shirt off up to his nipples in that one scene. Like oh, Very awkward, yeah. <laughs> it, it, and oh. yeah, I didn't need that. Oh, you're here? Yeah. Look at me. Uh, and I guess right off the cuff, that's the point of the lightning round, the first thing that pops in your head. But when you said that, that, that was it. I I didn't need... No, I, I didn't need Raylo. I was okay with it, but also I'd be okay with your take too like that. I think that's fine. Yeah. Cool. It, it, in some ways, it, it wasn't as forced to me as the kiss between Rose and Finn. You know, and The Last that, Jedi. That too. I don't need my Star Wars movies to always there need to be a love thing. Don't get me wrong. Han and Leia was great. The way that was built. The way that that, you know, transcended and everything. Yeah, but yeah. I don't need every Star Wars movie to have love points. So I feel like, especially in the last three, looking at the stakes of the entire movie, that love didn't need to be in it. This is where that this is where the movie Frozen kind of did it right is like the trope that like oh it has to be a prince that kisses the princess to like break the curse whatever yeah it's the you can show like f- love for someone without it having to be romantic and you can show that emotional connection of people without having to do like a heartfelt kiss with like music and like the scenery swimming around. It's like they could have loved each other as friends, as allies, as anything without having to show a kiss. And that is why Moana is better than frozen. I've never seen it. 
You're all beaten. Yeah, well, whatever. All right. Mine, I'm going to go, like, so when I was trying to think of movie sequels that were better or that were worse, but I'm going to go back to the Freddy movies. Freddy 2. Like, uh, Fred, oh, like yeah, it's like Freddy's Revenge, whatever. Um, all the subtext in it, it's like it basically now is known as the gayest horror movie of all time. Because the subtext that was written in it was that Jesse was gay and that basically Freddy was his closet demon of him not being able to accept himself. And that's like the subtext. And there's lots of discussion about all that. So, you know what I would do? Remove all of that and just let it be a dude that's getting haunted or by Freddy because he's living in the house and he's a teen in the city and not have them go to a leather daddy bar and not have him like the subtext of it being like he's in love with his friends and everything else. Like, I mean... Like the movie is good, like is good in its own right, and it's appreciated for what it is. But yeah, that cool. Mine's done. All right, mine's next. Go. I forgot what it was. No, I'm just kidding. All right. <laughs> so because of the day and age we live in, with social media, we have so much connection to things online and things that are going on throughout the world especially in cinema and nerd culture, whatever it is, you constantly hear about things that may be made that may potentially come to fruition. What is a movie that you heard that can potentially have a sequel that you're just not here for? I'll go first. I see absolutely no reason to make a Kill Bill volume three. Very fair. Yeah. Kill Bill 1, Kill Bill 2 were great. It's about a woman's vengeance to kill Bill. Bill is dead. Those movies were excellent. Do I need to see a movie about Uma Thurman fighting Vivica A. Fox's daughter? Oh, because it's another revenge story. It's another revenge story. Gotcha. Kill Bill Volume 3. No, make a Vivica A. Fox's daughter fights Uma Thurman Volume 1. I or don't even make that because I don't need to see those characters again. Those movies it's probably been called Kill B. It might be for Beatrix, but it, there's no there's no reason for that to be made. The movies ended great. It was excellent. I don't need to see anything past that. You don't always need to make a trilogy. You don't always need to make a sequel. I'm not here for it. I've got two. Yeah. I don't think they need to make a Clerks three. Agreed. I appreciate Kevin Smith. I I don't think they need to go down that rabbit hole. They didn't again. need to make a Clerks too. Also that. Um and the uh, what was it? Um I I that that Timothy Chalamet Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Who who cares? Like I don't think it's necessary. Especially uh, that's that would be a, more. It's a darker, grittier take on how he became the Chocolate King. I'm like. No, like I, that's not what Willy Wonka was. That's yeah. not what it was. Yeah, I have, uh, you know, the fan fiction written in my head for Willy Wonka, and it's a lot of fun stuff. I don't know if uh, that guy fits my young Willy Wonka, you know, fan fiction, but that I, I think that's the world we live in. Like, you just have to go and watch. So, I mean, I'll probably go and watch it, and I'm going to hope for the best, but yeah. Of course, uh, I'm I don't see it, and I see everything I can yeah, so, outside but, yeah, of the past I, two years. I agree with you on that one. Uh, What about you? For me, and maybe I'm a little cheating on this one because it's already like about to be released, is Aquaman 2. And I think I only say that because I found myself to be alone on this in most circles is a lot of people really enjoyed Aquaman, especially on Rotten Tomatoes. But maybe it was the place. So I I saw this. We were at uh, 
Guantanamo Bay, Cuba or whatever, and they on that Navy base. And they've got like this outdoor stadium, so we're all watching it. And the whole time, the audience is just roasting this movie because of just, there's some cringe moments in it. And so I think that kind of followed me along. Yeah. And I can't, you know, and maybe I need to rewatch that movie you again do. on my own. Uh, because I definitely, it was annoying to hear that commentary and people, because I don't like people talking to you in the movies. And this movie, like, people wouldn't stop talking. And they were constantly just, like, complaining about, like, the helmet of uh, Black Manta. Black Manta. I loved Black Manta. And all that stuff. And. My only complaint about it was like just the dialogue was kind of cheesy and some of the underwater stuff was kind of it was weird. But I think, you know, I need to get another shot. With that being said, my previous notions about this movie, that's why I was like, an Aquaman 2. I just wish the first one was better. I didn't think that the first one was bad, but I definitely don't think it was like super great. I think it was a film. It was enjoyable. And I'm like, great. Do I need like the second one's like what about like the dark trench or whatever or whatever yeah. and it, or the lost kingdom or whatever the hell they're calling it? Like, like a lost continent or something. Yeah. And it's and it's literally like again, I get it. They're trying to cash in on superheroes and Jason Momoa is great and he is great like, part of those movies and yeah. all like but it's it's again I feel like. DC is going about them trying to build their universe the wrong way. They're trying to follow the same script that Marvel was doing, and they need to do something different. They're trying to do it too fast. Marvel took 10 years to get to the culmination, and the fact that they wanted to bring in uh, Steppenwolf, Darkseid, Doomsday within three, four movies, they're doing it wrong. I thought Aquaman was one of the better ones of the DCEU. Um, I think you should go watch it again yeah. without all that sort of distractions. There's a lot of fun parts of it, a lot of really good action, but yeah, everybody's got their opinion. Yeah, I think uh, to that point, I think DC is going to start taking their franchises into a different direction, especially with the new The Batman, you know, as opposed but to the Batman gonna, versus Superman. That's not going to be part of the DC. No, and like that's a, another like creating the that's another new. P- Universe. That's another problem with the DC. They have conflicting art ideas yeah, and arguments. And so it's it, and everything. Like none of it. Like Marvel, all their stuff is interconnected. Whereas all the DC, canon. they're like the characters are connected because of one movie, but none of the rest of the story actually fits any of it. You have you yeah. have you have the Joker here with Joaquin Phoenix. You have the Batman with uh, Edward Cullen. You have, <laughs> <laughs> and then you have the DC. EU with Aflac and Henry Cavall or whatever. Maybe with this Flash movie, are they going to show him going through different universes? And maybe will you see Pattinson for a second, see Joaquin Phoenix? Will you see different parts? We're obviously going to see Michael Keaton. So is that what the Flash movie is going to do and reset everything? Maybe. Maybe we just see parts of it like we did in Spider-Man. I think you're giving them too much I, 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 I'm I, trying to think. I'm, I'm trying to think that they're going to copy Spider-Man. I think they could jump without jumping into the Batman and Joker. I think to me those are like these little side projects that are dark and gritty and kind of what Warner Brothers has always been known for is those gritty little gangster films. You know, well you look and at whatnot. their you look at the comic. I'm using air quotes, comic accurate cartoons, which that's where DC shows. Oh, and they are and they are bringing back Batman the animated series, which I yeah. am all for. A remake uh, that I approve of yes. on HBO, I think, right? Yeah, which I feel like the DC universe on HBO is where it's at. Yeah. Oh, I got to ask a question. 
I forgot about that. Yeah, we're waiting on you. <laughs> I thought we. All right, so. God. I can't All right, so it. we were talking about sequels. So, what is a sequel that you saw that you're really excited for? And for a lack of a better term, it just it hurt your feelings, it hurt your soul, and it crushed you that it just wasn't as good as you had hoped it would be. This lightning round sucks. This lightning round is it, hard because we've literally just is. plumbed the depths of all of our sequel knowledge to just to get our topics, and we're like, Ugh. <laughs> oh, okay, I got, I got one. it, I got, I got one, it, I got one, I got one, I got one. Damn it, Blues Brothers two thousand. <laughs> <laughs> the original Blues Brothers was a great SNL movie, and then Blues Brothers two thousand came out, not good. It just was not as enjoyable. It didn't have the same. Isn't John Goodman in that? Isn't it him and? Dan Aykroyd? Or no, was it Jim Belushi? I thought it was Dan Aykroyd and Jim Belushi. I don't remember. I haven't seen in years, and there's a reason why. Like, didn't need to happen. It did not need to happen. (laughs) Oh, I've got you beat. That's my pick. The Matrix Revolution (laughs) or Resurrections. (laughs) Woo! The word, oh God, was that. Like, I wanted, like, the trailer looked cool. Everything looked cool. And then I watched it, and I was like, why do I feel like Lana Wachowski just bricked in my mouth? Just high hopes. <laughs> Crush. <laughs> For me, I'm going to... Like, why? 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 Why did this movie exist? Yeah. Why? Why would you shit on everybody? So Shuffle is, away, Jada Pinkett. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to channel little, little Frankie. And little Frankie was so excited about the son of the mask. Because he loved Jim Carrey. He loved the mask. Oh my God. The son of the mask with Jamie Kennedy. I was at a movie theater. I think I worked at the movie theater when that movie came out and people actively like yelled at the concession stands when they left about how bad it was. It was. There's people that I don't, I don't understand why Hollywood gives them chances. Uh, Jamie Kennedy, Seth Green. Is that his name? Seth Green's fine. Seth Seth Green Green. and Joel McCann, whatever his name is. Who who Who? was that? Joel, uh, Mikhail? Mikhail. I didn't even remember his last name. I hate him. Joel Mikhail is the guy, I think he was in like Parks and Rec or something. No, he was in uh, Community. Community. Those are three actors. Stop giving them roles. Oh, wait, wasn't he in uh, Black Christmas or... uh, No. And Joan Cusack. Ugh. Aw. Sorry. Joan Cusack was great. She's like the great little principal in Miss Rock. Anyway, yes. oh, son of the mask. Her performance in Adam's Family. Yeah, yeah. yeah but back to the son of the mask. <laughs> Woo! Tangent. That was a. Uh, it hurt. It hurt so much. You know, like oh yeah, it sucked that Jim Carrey wasn't coming back. But still, you had like the mask. And you could do so much fun stuff in this world and. The guy was a cartoon. But what was oh, the, the stuff with the baby. What was the stuff? Oh, the yeah. stuff with the, the baby. Hair. Oh, and the. Cover your ears, kids. The the sperm, the little sperm with the face of the mask after he has. Uh, what? You know, I haven't seen this movie some, uh, soon some, enough. Uh, That's his, the wrong with his, one with his wife. That's you know? the wrong one. Yeah, but the other one's longer. Oh, okay. I hate so much all of this. Uh, oh god <laughs> yes the son of the mask was bad yeah why didn't i think that why didn't i not pick adam's family values as my sequel that was better than the original yeah yeah oh wait no it wasn't better it was not or not, not as, as good, good as the original damn it damn it I should have but you're still lo- but you're still lo- oh yeah so yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right well thanks for shitting on my dreams and getting me excited right at the end of our episode
<laughs> it is not quite the end of the episode. We're not doing a hot take right now. We're not doing a hot take. But we're going to take a break first. No, there. No, we're not. This is going to be quick. I have a little game we're going to play. Oh, no. Okay. And it has to do with next episode's topic. Okay. I have this app on my phone. It is a random letter generator. We're each going to pick a letter and then we'll go from there. My letter is P as in pineapple. Curly, go ahead. J, as in, <laughs> yourself off, you <laughs> asshole. Jeez. And Frankie's is? L. Okay. So that is your letter. P, J, and L. Okay. Now, right now, what we are going to do is each pick a category that's something to do with films or anything. Really can do with anything. So, actor. Could be actor, could be producer, could Location. be- could be location, fondest yeah. memory, could be any any topic in the world, and that are gonna that is gonna be our next three topics for the next episode. Mine is gonna be childhood. So you have to what take does that have to do with C. Not C. I'm P. Just give me a second. So now you have to take your letter and correspond it to a movie that reminds you of childhood in some way. But it has to be related to the letter that we picked. To the okay, letter. Okay. Whether it's an actor in your film, whether it's the person that scored your film, whether it's the company, anything, and pick something, and you have to relate it to that letter. Got I like it. it. Okay? I like it. Got it. Mine is childhood. Curly, what's your category? Oh, I have to pick category, not... Um, just a category and then we each have to so I have to do something that reminds me of childhood with P you're J and Frankie you are L L I can I still go with actor as my category so we got childhood actor and vacation there we go so next episode we will have a movie that reminds us of childhood vacation and an actor Kyle is P, Curly is J, Frankie is L. We would love if you wrote us, let us know. Give us some ideas to help us with this topic. Let us know what you think about it. I think this could be fun. It could be a f***ing flop. But who knows? I wanted to try something new. I wanted to try something different. I hope you all like it. My co-hosts including. Why couldn't you have picked something a little less convoluted? Nope. Fair. I wanted it to be hard. You know what? This was so difficult already doing the sequel thing. And you're like, think of your childhood. Think of your family. (laughs) Think of vacations. Think of letters. (laughs) Well, that's it. That's what you can expect next episode. worst letter, too. I should have just gotten Y and then just f***ing threw myself out the building. (laughs) (laughs) No, I like it. I'm going to go with an improv mind. You never say no to anything. And let's do it. Let's roll with this. Yeah, I'm excited to try it. Fine. And then if we never do it again, we never do it again. Well, if you want to waste your topic on this, by all means. Because <laughs> next after that, it's mine, and I won't be f***ing oh, letters boy. and bullshit. <laughs> well, guys, thanks for tuning in to another episode of the No Films Given. Today, we talked about the sequels. But as Kyle was saying, make sure to you know like and subscribe us through your platform 
your uh, podcast platform provider. Leave a review if you can on that provider. We also have the social medias. Uh, we've got Facebook. In, and, no, uh, Twitter. And Curly does the Twitter. <laughs> we have a Twitter that is not full of racy porn and anything else, so it's nice and wholesome content. So there's, you know, we're not using it for what Twitter's for. Right. <laughs> right. We aren't advertising in OnlyFans or anything on there yet. But, uh, yeah, we're on Facebook, Twitter, um, you can just yell at us from across the office since a lot of you work with us. Oh, yeah. And um, we've got that email address, right? We do have an, an email address, nofilmsgiven at gmail.com, which if you really want to like send us some smut to watch, by all means. Yeah, and if you Thank don't want you, Kyle. Kyle like picking the categories all the time, leave us some suggestions on you social media. You fuck. <laughs> I meant like you're, you're upcoming. But no, thanks a lot, guys. Bye. Bye.